it's you. How are you, beautiful? Your energy feels tired. You seem like you're in need of a great relief of some sort. Life can be such a frustrating puzzle sometimes, can't it? I don't know if I can give you exactly what you need, but I can take you away for a while. Away from all this. Away from this life, you have so many hesitations and questions about. Why don't you let me guide you for a while? First, take a sip of water or something that will warm your insides. Now, please find somewhere soft and comfortable to rest. I'd love for you to lay down, but if you prefer to sit, then I just want you to do whatever feels best. Now, let's get you into that beautiful place between awake and asleep. I want you to start by breathing deep. Take the deepest breath you've taken all day, filling up your whole belly and hold. One, two, three, four, and out through your mouth. Really let it go. It's okay if you make a little noise. Let all that frustrated air out. Gone with it are the worries or maybe even the angry words you may have spoken today. In. One, two, three, four, and out. Again, breathe in the new, the hopeful, the peaceful. One, two, three, four, and let out the bitterness, the disappointment, the ugly that the world brings. Keep that breathing up as we continue. I'd like you to point your toes and hold. Now let go. Now, point your toes up towards the ceiling and pull them back towards you, just as much as your muscles will let, as far as you can. Feel that beautiful pulling in your calves. Now rest. Feel free to give your ankles a little twirl to loosen them up. Now relax your hip and butt muscles. When you do this, you may even feel a little pop in your tailbone or hips. I always think that feels wonderful. Just let those bones and muscles melt into the cushion that you're on. Make sure your lower back feels comfortable and supported. 
Now let me take my verbal fingertips and move up your spine and up, up, up to your arms. Why don't you flutter your fingers for me? Yes, like you're casting a magic spell. Your hands do a lot for you. They deserve some love as well. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. <laughs> now, stretch and rotate your wrists. If possible, lace your fingers together, palms facing. Then, unfold your palms outward, the fingers still laced, and give your arms a good stretch. Now, feel free to rest them on your belly where you can feel those deep breaths. Take in another one in. One, two, three, four, and out. I know your shoulders are up, you know, just up towards your ears, held up with tension. Let your shoulders relax. While you're at it, unclench that jaw too. Remember, it's just us. You can let your mouth even hang open a little if it means giving your jaw a break. Now, turn your head from side to side. Maybe hear a few clicks and pops from that neck. Return to center and let your head sink into your pillow or cushion. Close your eyes. It's time to let your body rest and for your mind to wander. I want you to picture, to really see, a doorway. Remember to keep breathing those full, slow breaths. Can you see your doorway? What does your doorway look like? It has a handle. What does the handle look like? Interesting. The way your mind works is so fascinating. Now do me a favor. With your mind's eye, I want you to place your hand on that handle. I want you to understand this action so well that you can almost feel the cold surface of the handle in your real fingertips. Can you feel that? On your next breath, when you breathe in, I want you to smell earth and pine needles. Can you smell it? those pine needles and that earth, a 
and I want you to smell oil and gasoline and fire. It's faint, but you know you can smell it coming from behind that door. Breathe in and smell it with me. You wake up in a snowdrift, next to a burning car. You can't remember how you got here. Was someone with you? Were you alone? If you hadn't been alone, there was no way to tell by the state of the vehicle, which is now engulfed in flames. The heat coming off the car mingling with the frigid air causes the strangest sensation on your skin. Where are you? You seem to be in a forest next to a road. You aren't incapacitated, but you know you're injured. Your head is throbbing and feels incredibly heavy. One of your ankles feels like it was sprained or lightly fractured, maybe. Your vision is slightly blurred. Everything reminds you of what dreams look like. Not quite as sharp as the real world. It doesn't help that snow has begun falling again from the sky. The flurries further softening your view. You can't stay here for long. You aren't dressed warmly enough. You have to flag someone down. You realize that the road was built higher than the forest floor, and that you have to climb up. Luckily, the snow has provided a sort of ramp. On the bright side, if this was spring, it could have been a sheer drop-off with no way to get back up. You trudge up and through. You make your way up to the road. Your clothes are soaked. The cold is setting in even more quickly now. The road is empty. There are no signs of any other cars. The only tire tracks being the ones your vehicle made, careening off the road into the woods. And the newly fallen snow was already beginning to cover those up. The sun is setting. It's going to be dark soon. You have to get somewhere. You can't stay the night in the woods. 
You have no choice, my friend. You have to walk. So you set off. Your wet clothes are beginning to freeze. The climb up the snowy hill managed to get snow inside your shoes. And your feet are so cold, they ache. Just as you start trying to figure out how to start a fire in the snow and how not to freeze to death camped out in the woods, you come upon a side road. This road is flanked by an elaborate wrought iron gate. Its intricate swirls and twirls look like they would belong to the entrance of a fine estate. This is probably your best bet. Plus, the gate doesn't look like it's locked, just closed. Your hands now ache, having to make contact with the metal bars that are even colder than the already below freezing air. Despite the snow, you manage to push one side of the giant gate open just enough for you to get through. You make your way up the seemingly endless driveway. Knowing that there has to be a house at the end gives you the push you need to get through the bitter cold. Finally, after walking for what felt like an hour, you come upon a large country manor. It's made of stone and looks like it would feel at home in a novel by Austin or one of the Brontes. Elated, you go as quickly as you can up the front steps to the giant oak doors. You use the large brass door knocker hoping to summon someone kind and willing to help out a destitute stranger. As you wait for a reply, you look around and your heart falls. Your initial excitement masked over the fact that this place was clearly long abandoned. Off in the distance, there are the remains of an old carriage under a rotting, separated garage, sitting next to what looks like the world's first automobile, also falling apart and rusting. You step back and see some of the beautiful leaded glass windows have been broken. And then you see someone standing at one of the broken windows. You take a sharp breath from fear and blink. By the time you've opened your eyes, you realize that it's just some old lace curtains blowing in the wind and playing tricks on your eyes. Though it's covered in snow, you can see that the grounds have long gone unkempt. Feels like no one has set foot here in a very long time. It's just too quiet. The only sound being the freezing wind sweeping across the large front lawn. This still has to be your shelter for the night. At least now, no one can turn you away. 
right? So you try the front doors, but they're locked tight. And the house was built in such a way that accessing the ground floor windows looks hazardous. Maybe a way around the back? As you walk away, you hear the creak of the front doors. Cautiously turning to look, you see that they're now open, like the gaping maw of a pitch black cave. Of course, you've seen this movie. You're not stupid. Why would you go into a house that clearly just opened its own front doors to you? But as you scan the frozen wasteland around you and feel the continued throbbing in your head, you realize you don't have much choice, do you? So you turn and step into the foyer of the manor. There's a grand staircase leading up to the upper levels. But first, you search the ground floor. The house creaks and groans around you. And even though you're out of the wind, the inside is still frigid. The stone walls keep in the cold, just like an icebox. You make your way into a large sitting room, probably once the place of lively parties, of laughter and warm conversation. In fact, you can picture it so well, you swear you can hear the music that was once played. Now it's gray, covered in dust. The huge ornate fireplace sits cold and dark. All of the furniture has been left behind by the last owner, most of the pieces covered by dirty sheets. Starting a fire sounds ideal, but you have no way to make one. Maybe you could at least find some blankets in the upstairs bedrooms. As you climb the stairs, you feel something shift. You no longer sense the light-hearted ghosts of long-ago soirees. You don't hear the distant music of laughter or the tinkle of crystal glasses full of champagne. But something heavier, something sadder. You get the heavy feeling you feel when you know someone is angry with you. You hearken back to a time when you were a child, and an adult scolded you for breaking or spilling something, when emotions like shame and guilt felt new and made your chest feel tight and your face feel hot. But how could you feel this from a bunch of empty rooms? As you reach the top of the stairs, you begin to look from room to room each one full of mattressless four-poster beds and moldy carpets. 
none with anything useful to your stay. The oppressive feeling gets heavier as you get closer to the last room at the end of the hallway. You arrive at the last door, and as you go for the handle, the door is sucked inward at your touch. Inside, you see lace curtains violently jerking around in the wind. Snow has accumulated inside through the broken windows. But the room is not empty. There is an ebony vanity in between the large broken windows. And at that vanity sits a woman, dressed in lace that must have once been white was now gray. Her back is to you, and she is adjusting the veil attached to a silver comb that sits in her dark hair. At this angle, you can't see her reflection in the mirror, but you don't have to wait long before she turns to you and reveals her face. It's the face of death, a face from your most horrifying nightmares. Before you can scream, she does. A long and mournful cry that you don't know if you're hearing in your ears or in your head. She is now lifted off the vanity stool and is coming towards you, floating towards you, and you run. She chases you down the hall, past the mildew-smelling rooms. You make it down the stairs and... The entire parlor has become a ghostly party. These people don't look like ghosts, though. They look like gorgeous, silent movie stars. All of them impossibly beautiful and elegant. They aren't see-through. There's music. There's even a fire in the fireplace. It's warm. You bask in the heat from the fire and the heat from the bodies around you. Bodies that should be cold. Aren't ghosts cold? But it doesn't last long. The partygoers don't notice you, but they do notice what followed you down the stairs. You see them all turn in horror, and by the time you've turned to look as well, All of it is gone. Even the dead bride who was chasing you. And when you turn back to where the party had been, you're waking to the cold light of morning. You had simply fallen asleep. Don't you remember taking the sheets off the furniture and layering them into a blanket? Don't you remember lying down on the moldy velvet sofa in front of the dead fireplace? You get up and decide to go back to the road. To try again to flag someone down. To get away from these nightmares. But... The doors. They won't open. No matter how hard you try. You turn to find something to break a window, and there, 
standing by the sofa, is the ghostly bride, her horrifying face now covered by her veil. But instead of chasing you, she's pointing at something. Something on the sofa. You muster up the courage to go towards her to see what she is trying to show you. Maybe she's trying to help. And you see. You see the sheets soaked in frozen blood, still wrapped around your now dead body. You look up at the bride, and she utters one phrase from behind her dirty veil. Welcome home.